0: Hello and welcome to Open All R's, the QPR podcast. I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes and there's three of us tonight um, because there's been a technical difficulty. So as punishment, Chris Charles is not allowed to be back on the pod. He's suspended... Um, until further notice without pay. Um, Apart from that, Finney's managed to weasel his way back in, despite being part of that technical embarrassment as well. Finney, good to have you with us.
1: Uh, I'll take the rap for Chris. I'll be the one that didn't press record. It wasn't really, but I'll take the blame. because I'm I'm throwing myself firmly in front of the bus for Chris.
0: Charlie's having a well-deserved holiday, very jealous. And back with a bang, it's Mr. Lough for Words, Clive Whittingham. Clive, how are you?
2: Rough, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, as you can maybe tell from the voice, it's Charlie that I feel sorry for in all of this. Imagine having to sit and listen to uh, <laughs> Paul and Chris for an hour and then find they out that get get Chris record and it was all in vain. <laughs> There's no point. Yeah, so Charlie deserves his holiday, bless him.
1: Yeah, you know it was the best, Chris, Clive, it was the best podcast ever. We put the to around, we sort of keep QPR out. We were going to win the league and we didn't press record. No we'll one never know ever
0: Only the voices inside Finney's head will ever know how that pod oh, sounded. Don't go there with them
1: voices. You don't want to know what them voices are saying. Carry um,
0: on. Yeah, I'm sure, like Clive, many of you have probably had a cold over the last couple of weeks. I had a cold last week. Most of the people I Me know takes. have had a, had a cold over the past couple of weeks. So I hope everyone's all right and um, keeping well. And the good thing is, is that QPR are giving us lots of reasons to feel positive over the last couple of weeks. Until the, yesterday. The, uh, well, yeah, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto the admin and logistics side of things. But let's talk about on the pitch first. Unbeaten run continues. Um, we are into the third round of the League Cup. We are second in the table and we haven't lost a game. Um, pretty unbelievable start, Finney.
1: Yeah, you can't argue with it, can you? I mean, everything's everything's going well. Even Saturday, you know, we, we, we were in control of the game. And, you know, even the cup, we thought we'd lose to Orient, we didn't. We're we just fucking the trend of actually being a very entertaining side, a very good side, and not losing to crap teams in cup matches. It's, it's almost like supporting a proper football club again. It's weird. But I am thoroughly enjoying On the Pitch, because it's just nice to see the players with a smile on their face, flowing, and do you know what I mean? It's just like so many seasons you have, People haven't been enjoying themselves and it's come across massively. But you see, like, Johansson on the pitch, and everyone else just, just enjoying themselves. Willock with a smile on his face, taking players on. It's just, a, that's why you go to football and that's why the crowds are coming back. It's not about promotion or anything that will keep you. It's just about competing and doing the right thing. And we've done that with absolute bundles this season. So I'm very, very happy. Which means we'll go tits up pretty soon.
0: Clive?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, same. Very, very impressed. It's gone way better than I dared imagine it would. I was optimistic before the start of the season. But you think t- it was a tough August, with a lot of fixtures to come through all of it unbeaten um, and also and through in the cup, like you say. I Even the Oxford game, I really enjoyed and thought we played well against the good League One team there on a night when given everything that was going on and the players that we were missing and the priorities this season, even I, who usually bitch and moan about them not taking the cup seriously, wouldn't have minded so much if that Oxford game hadn't gone well. But they put out a reasonably strong team and saw that one off as well. I've We've come through a lot of adversity in the games. Um, you know, didn't start particularly well against Millwall and had a big 10 minutes after halftime at Hull. Got blitzed at the start at Middlesbrough Barnsley took us apart for half an hour. Coventry were pretty good and we've come through all of it unbeaten um, playing well scoring goals um, you know it takes a lot it takes a lot of different kinds of wins and uh, performances to win a, a promotion um, which is the aim this year whether they'll get there or not I'm not we're not cursing it by saying that. I mean they've said it themselves that's the aim this year. Some games you're going to win 4-0, 3-0, and they're going to be easy. And other games you have to kind of eke out. And we've we've done a bit of everything over August. We've had some games where we've played really, really well and put opposition away. We've had other games where we've got a result, despite not playing well at all. Like Barnsley was very similar to the famous Derby game, wasn't it? And, um, you know, make two substitutions there and find a way to get the result. Coventry, for a while, looked like it wasn't going very well, Change things, make a sub, get a result. It's all really, really good signs at the minute. Eleven points from the first month. I keep keep saying if you do ten points a month, then you basically win the league. So it's it's job done for now. Um, international break came at a good time. I felt, um, and yeah, very very little to to be upset about on the pitch, or even or even that worried about.
0: I suppose the next challenge, um, maybe bar bar the Oxford game. It, we, you know, we've, we've ticked the box of winning ugly. We've ticked the box of having to come from behind and prove ourselves. We've ticked the box of having to be under the cosh, but uh, we've ticked the box of having to win with 10 men um, and sustain that kind of late pressure. So I suppose the next challenge in the league is to have a few games where we dominate for 90 minutes and have, like you said, Clive, a really impressive 4-0 and and demolish a side, because I feel like maybe that's the one thing we're missing yet. And I'm not complaining, because obviously there's too many times over the last couple of years where we haven't managed to win in those important moments. But I suppose is that the next step up, is to actually show how good we can be, rather than still almost having to prove people wrong in some ways.
1: I, I think you're right, but I think we will give someone a good going over on the pitch. I think that's that's inevitable if you take a million chances that we're creating I'm just pleased we're creating chances. It's just like watched a different side from last season, as you you guys know better than anyone. You know, it was it was the way that Wolvertons turned it around is, is not for sure of amazing. When you think what we were like this time last season to what we are now, I, I, you know that run we had after January and so when we're February time was just flipping mad. It's it's and it's carried on as well. I mean, yep, I was struggling to dislike players off the season because I'm, I'm looking at the team and like, and I'm pleased that Thomas came back in as well against Oxford and and sort of redeemed himself along with um, Desire because you kind of worried that they were going to lose confidence after what happened. So it was, wasn't their fault. It's just tactically you had to do it. So it's, it's, it's all looking good, but even Warburton's looking happy and that's brilliant. I mean, you know, he looks like he's enjoying the job, you know, and, and QPR has been a job that a lot of managers, as you know better than anyone, Clive, because you wrote about it a lot, haven't enjoyed. They don't like look like they want to be there. And now we've got a team, a manager, everyone's, just seems happy. It's just weird. It's, it's yeah, and I'm not going to say it's going to go wrong because hopefully it won't but it's just nice and it's nice to see fans with smiles on their faces. That's what we go there for, isn't it, to, to, to have this sort of thing. I just think
2: if we do go up, we should give our place to somebody else. I don't <laughs> want to go to Premier League again. I'm, I'm not ready for it. Like, um, well, let's cross that bridge when we get to it, mate. It's only August. Let's get <laughs> Reading won their first seven games last year, didn't they? And uh, mm-hmm. didn't, even, didn't even make the playoffs. You want to Pete Postlethwaite from Brastow, like? Win the win the pot and and turn it now um, I like
1: that link Clive. That's, i like that. the um
2: the x g thing came up at the weekend now i you know I'm just going to say that i it's not my favorite stat in football i side on the <laughs> basically side on the fact that it's all bollocks um But I get told off for that on Twitter and told it's a poor take because the only two options there are with XG are that uh, it's brilliant and without reproach or you don't understand it. Those are the only two things you can say about XG. However, if we talk about XG for a minute, there was a tweet at the weekend that said QPR cannot possibly sustain this start um, playing the way they are now. Because if you look at our XG in games, um, it's incredibly low and we are overperforming because... You know Rob Dickey is scoring from 30 yards and mm. Johan Barbe is testing the goalkeeper from 40 yards and we're scoring off the back of that. Um, so there is a school of thought that says we are overperforming, not creating enough clear cut chances, did have struggled for long periods in in all the games really. Um, you know, you think first 20 minutes at Middlesbrough, first 10, 15 minutes, second half at Hull, first half now against Millwall, first half against Barnsley, quite a lot of the Coventry game. The XG evangelist will tell you that this will come back round and maybe this month will drop back a little bit. What I'd like to think is, like you say, it will give us the confidence to actually press on and it will go the other way, whereas like, the XG will catch up. Not that I, like I say, I'm much more on the side of XG's whole load of bollocks, but it was an interesting debate at the weekend about whether QPR are overperforming, um, given the way they're playing and the chances they're creating.
0: Um, subs were really good on the weekend which is always positive positive. Um, and even though the, the squad were kind of ravaged by a, a sick bug that's gone through in the last couple of weeks, the, the, the bench still looked like it, it could change the game which, which is really important um, I want to move on to transfers Andre Gray being the main sort of one I guess that sums up the summer because he's sort of the flashy one that comes in came in on deadline day I know, Clive. You're fairly positive about this one. I'm a little bit on the other side of the fence because. Oh having... no!
1: Flo, that's going to go wrong with social media again. We're <laughs> going to get barra. Oh no! Um, don't say it.
0: Don't just say having it. watched, having watched Watford last season, um, and I, you know, obviously I, I know I was wrong about about Austin last season, but the magic no of
1: Charlie.
0: The, the magic of Charlie Austin is. Um, regardless of of, you know of physical fitness which is obviously one of the things that I doubted the man still has a killer finish he still has brilliant awareness and he gets himself in the right areas and the issue I have with Andre Gray is he doesn't really have any of that anymore of what I've seen from him at Watford last season Mm -hmm. um you know he's he's been struggling with his finish which is fine because he's barely played 90 minutes over the last you know Year and a half, which is that that's fine, that takes time. But I've been disappointed when I have seen him come on about the positions he's been in, his end product. And when you compare that to what Austin can do, which it just it's just so innate to him, it's just instinctive to what he does, and that obviously rubs off on Linda Dykes as well. I'm interested to see what Andre Gray can bring to the table. I think he'd be a brilliant target man, you know, could definitely score from a few yards out and will get himself there. But I just don't know if he's gonna offer anything more than what Austin and Dykes can offer. But it's good to have cover. And I think that's the main thing, Clive thoughts.
2: Uh, he's gonna be brilliant now. You've uh, no you've, I know now going, I've this... now I've given
0: my um, my blessing. <laughs> this Twitter should nine. be
2: the this should be the thing now. Every time we sign a striker, Flo has to coat them <laughs> off just to and then then they they'll turn out to be great. So I'm pleased you've done that. Um and I'd be fair to Flo, she did say she'd
1: rather eat her words and she was happy to eat words. I'm happy with that. Carry on, Clive Simon.
2: Football um, football wise, an interesting signing. I Obviously, the Watford move did not work for him. He went from 55 goals in 100 odd games for Luton, 20 and 52 for Brentford, 33 and 78 for Burnley. And, that, and then that's dropped right off to twenty-one in one hundred and thirty odd for Watford. That, the move hasn't mm. worked. For, the move hasn't worked for him there. Uh, Watford fans are not shedding any tears about his departure. That doesn't necessarily have to matter. Some players fit um, fit at clubs and, and not at others. Yeah. Um, Chef Wednesday fans don't like Moses Odubajo. Hull fans don't like Jordy Device, People took the piss out of how much we paid for Lyndon Dykes. And they're all great for us. Um, so it doesn't have to matter. It means he's cheap, <laughs> basically. You know, it means he's now in our budget. If, if we'd signed him three or four years ago when they yeah. paid 18 million for him from Burnley, we'd have been doing somersaults, right? So you, it's brought him into our price range, and if he fits with a manager that's worked with him before, that's great. Um, what,
1: what is the deal, Clive? Do we actually know?
2: Um, well there's lots of things. At one stage it was at one stage it was going to be a free transfer with Watford sort of paying him up and then that got complicated and it's ended up being a loan. I don't know how much we're contributing to his wage, which is fairly astronomical at Watford. Um so mm. maybe that'll all come out in time and in the accounts. Um, I am interested by the finances of our whole summer, to be honest, because we've done way more than I thought was gonna be possible. I didn't think that we'd get Charlie and Stefan back on permanence and We've signed eight more on top of that, spent money on Bazell. Um, I'm very surprised by how much we've done. And I can't help but conclude they've decided with the Eze money and with what's going on in the championship that now is a good time to have a go at it and mm. push the boat out a little bit safe in the sort of knowledge that we've now got more than one Eze in the squad. And by that, I mean, if we weren't to go up this year, you could sell... Dickie and Dieng certainly, Willock maybe, Chair maybe for serious money, which would then cover the gamble. Um, that's that's how I see it. Gray, yeah, I, he, he might thrash it over the bar when he gets there, but he will run in behind in a way that Dykes and Austin don't or can't. It, it is a bit of pace for the team, um, which it's lacked since Bright um, left. And I think you've seen a couple of times Huddersfield at home last year, Bright... Um, Derby at home last year, when teams have sat in against us deep with a press on Johansson in midfield and just said, well, what are you going to do? Go through that. We have tended to play around in front of them and done that thing where it goes sort of Dieng, Dickey, Odabajo, Dickey, Dieng, Uh, Dieng, device, uh Wallace Wallace device Dang and we go backwards and forwards like that and play in front of team. So having pace and someone that can go in behind is something different. Like I say, if he keeps his Watford form up, he will mostly thrash it over the bar when he gets there. But it's the but
0: it's the pace it's the it's the pace that I mean unless he's been doing a lot of a lot of training, which you know he may well have done. I haven't been keeping up up to date. All I know is that his little mix Fiance just had twins. So I imagine he's probably been up all night without very much sleep. But from what I saw with him last season, there's not a lot of pace there. But I mean, things can change. Um, with players like that, you know, it just takes good fitness to get you there. And maybe he can. But I'm I personally am relieved it's a loan and not a permanent transfer because I think we've 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 got to see more from him in order to make that permanent because based on last season at Watford, he's not someone I think we should, we should be getting on a permanent basis, but I think it's good to have co- cover because something like what happened with the sickness bug or a COVID outbreak or something like that, you know, our squad could look really light. If someone want you know, Dykes or Austin gets an injury, it's not looking great, is it? So I think it's just good to have bodies in some way, bodies who know the league well as well. I think that that's only a plus. Um, but we we shall see what happens. Um, do, you, do you
1: know what I'm thinking, Flo? Do you know what I'm thinking? And I'm not being... Don't take this the wrong way because I'm sending lots of love. But I think he's now going to be player of the season. after <laughs> your little, uh,
0: I'm more than happy <laughs> to be proved wrong if he ends up banging 20 goals. But, that's fine but, with me.
1: Exactly. And and I think that's the brilliant thing about football is that I've been wrong about so many players. I was wrong about your device. It's massively wrong. I was, I was, I was wrong about... So many players. I wasn't wrong about Steve Slade and Steve Moore. They were shite. Um, but the, the, the thing about um, what he brings, the, what he will bring, is he bring a wee bit of competition, which we've been lacking. But more importantly, he, he, you know, it's, it's a cheap option. It's cover. And he's worked with the manager before. He's done well with the manager before. And um, if I played for Watford, I'd make the bastard suffer.
0: And you know what? I think it's great to have more celebrities around town. If we can get Little Mix down to Loftus Road, I think it's great for the brand.
1: Am I, is it wrong? I don't have a clue who little mix are or who the first Well, you're missing
0: is. out because I'm sure your daughter knows. So chat she probably her does.
1: She, she knows a lot of things. Um, I'll give her that. Especially how to um it's involved in alcohol these days, more or less. That little little girl that used to go on the little walks with QPRs and I pissed. Hey ho. <laughs>
0: um she moving
1: just, on, just, just, just say quickly, she went to Tottenham Stadium the other day with her boyfriend, he's a Tottenham fan. And she came back and said mm-hmm. it's crap compared to Loftus Road, no feeling at all, and a very touristy ground, whatever that means. So, well, she there you go. she prefers Loftus Road and she says we shouldn't move ground if it ends up being as soulless as that place. Carry on. Um,
0: moving on to probably the biggest topic of the week, which is nothing to do with results or transfers. And it's. Oh, we didn't
1: mention, by the way. Sorry, Flo, to cut your drift again. Sorry. Um, bye bye, Todd Kane.
0: Yes, actually, no, that is good. He's gone to Coventry. Um, uh, which means sense? I could, it, as soon as I saw his picture on Instagram that he signed for Coventry, I instantly hit unfollow. And I was like, yeah, no more Todd Kane needed in my life. Unfollow. Um, apparently,
1: apparently, all his family are named after Chelsea players. So, hey, and all that.
0: Um, yeah, an end to the Todd Kane saga that seemed to drag on for ages. But I think one that is, uh, yeah, we everyone should probably move on from Fairly swiftly. Swe- Excellent. Swift As um, Anyway, yes, the thing that got people talking most this week was nothing to do with the football or the transfers. It was more ticketing nonsense. Um, I'm sure lots of people would have seen on Twitter yesterday the club announced the Reading uh, tickets were on sale for the 11th of September. Didn't really tell anyone, but sort of quietly announced that they were on sale. There were no, there was no loyalty points system in place. It was just a free for all general sales situation. They all went unsurprisingly. Uh, then the club put a few more up. They've all gone. And now that's the full allocation gone. Um Obviously, lots of people frustrated because they were waiting to get tickets, wanted to get tickets, couldn't get tickets because they didn't even know they were on sale. And by the time they did, everything had gone. Um, And I think, Clive, it's just another example of a massive fuck up, basically, when it comes to ticketing and respecting fans and their loyalty, would you say?
2: I uh, am interested about what is going on at QPR at the moment because we, for years, have been saying that the club is immaculately run off the pitch and not putting a foot wrong, but the team's rubbish. Now the team's great, (laughs) and it's a bit of a shambles off the pitch, and the only thing I can think of is that to staff um, an events company, which is basically what a football club is, to be involved in ticketing, stewarding, catering, temporary staff... Um, casual labour and things like that at the moment um, because of COVID, because of the NHS app, because of Brexit, that must be a nightmare. And I can only presume that that's what it is because at the moment they cannot stand up for falling down. Um, And I'm going to run through lots of things that on their own are little insignificant bits that you don't care about (laughs) together sort of create a picture of an operation that is really sort of clinging on by its fingernails and flying by the seat of its pants and it really doesn't take too much for there to be a a mini crisis or disaster every other day um and you could look and on that list is the recast thing you know
1: we've
2: yeah we've teamed with something called recast recast recast.app except there isn't an app you can't it you have to it goes on a website and it doesn't work on most of your devices and it doesn't it doesn't work at all basically. So you put you put a friendly on there, you put the under 23 games on there, it doesn't work, it pisses people off.
0: Yeah, I saw can, an issue yesterday on Tuesday with the under 23s yeah, game. Yeah, another technical it, issue. It on doesn't
2: that. work. That's fine. You want to do a commercial partnership, you want to start monetizing your content, absolutely of course, fine, brilliant. You've got to make sure it works first, otherwise you just you're just pissing people off. They've, we've come back with a ticketing app which doesn't work it's in beta or we're testing it your season ticket appears and it disappears um, they've told you not to use it. it doesn't work again we've had 18 months to sort that out with no fans we've come back to a, a set of digital turnstiles which work or don't work basically depending on their mood as you approach it I've watched let me in, let the guy behind me in and then turn the third guy away, coming in in exactly the same way with exactly the same phone, just told him he was already in the ground. Um, the guys over the aisle from me have been in 20 minutes into every home game so far because they keep getting to the turnstile and it keeps turning them away and the box office give them something else to try next week and it doesn't work. Um at best, the queues are way longer. So you've swapped a system that used to get you in for kickoff for one that, that isn't. Um, the ground is filthy. It is properly minging. The back of the Ellesley Road stand needs painting. The back of the school and needs painting. You know, this whole idea that we want to make it safe and hygienic for people to come back to football at Loftus Road. Like, <laughs> they've gone the other way. Like, it has obviously not been cleaned. There is fox shit all over the place. The there is a guy on our message board who came back to his seat against Millwall and found a pair of gloves underneath his seat that he left against Birmingham on the last home game before (laughs) lockdown. So in like what was it February February twenty twenty or something wasn't it? Uh, So so they haven't they haven't swept they haven't even swept up. You know the toilets are a disgrace. You know, not to get into the water pressure in the toilets debate all over again, but everything is broken. The hand dryers don't work. So this idea that it's going to be safe and hygienic to come back to football, they're not. You know, they're not even pandering to that that myth, are they? You know, like I said, the turnstiles don't work. The catering is shocking. (laughs) Like these enormous queues waiting for one person to pour you a can of warm Carlsberg into a plastic glass for five pounds fifty. Like most people have just stopped bothering with that already. Uh the ticketing website does not work. It just doesn't work by any sort of any measure of adequate service, the ticket website does not work. Um, you had the situation with the Oxford game where they forgot to put the season tickets that hadn't been taken back on the ticket website. So it looked like there was fifteen thousand people coming and there were no seats available. And then suddenly at one o'clock of the day of the game, seven thousand seats become available. Just And like I say, it's on their own, it's lots and lots of little bits, but cumulatively it just makes it look like the place is being badly run, and that accumulated this week with the away tickets for Reading and Bournemouth, um, and it's been a pattern so far that the away tickets are going on sale far too late, far too close to the time of the game when people are booking trains and hotels and trying to make arrangements. I know loads of people that have got Reading trains and no Reading match tickets now, Um They don't tell you when they're going on sale. And whenever you tweet them or ask at the box office, they just say in due course or more information to follow, or probably later this week. Like what's what why are you hiding it? Why, why, what's the big mystery? Just tell me, is it going on right? It's going on sale on Wednesday. Good. Now I know. Why do we have to do I know someone that emailed the box office Wednesday morning and said, when are the reading tickets going on sale? And got a reply saying, Sometime later this week, and then they went up two hours later. Like, why are you? Why are you doing that? Why, what are you achieving by putting them on sale late, not telling us when they're going on sale? And in the case of Reading, not putting the loyalty points on it. So basically, mm. the people that are going to Reading are the people that were hanging around on the internet at two o'clock in the afternoon and saw them. Um, and I know, I know people. You know, Dave. I've seen Dave Barton's tweets this week. He's got an adult and son season ticket. He didn't take the refund in the first lockdown. He didn't take the refund in the second lockdown. He left his money with the club. The club has, you know, came out of their way to say thank you for your loyalty and everything about that. And now we're getting treated like this with our, with these Reading tickets and everything else. It is very difficult to give QPR your money at the moment. The website doesn't work. You ring the box office, you get stuck in a queue of 14 people. It ticks down to two or three and cuts you off. And um, I wanted a lot of tickets for Reading and Bournemouth because obviously I've got, a big, I've got a big group of friends all season ticket holders that want to go and sit together. I tried on the website for 10 minutes. I was like, I think I can see what's going to happen here. Got on the tube from Barnett, took me an hour and 20 minutes to go down there, give the piece of paper to the bloke in a box office. And he just laughed at me and said, yeah, I can see why you've come down. You wouldn't be able to do that on the website. I'm like, yeah, I've just been on the tube for an hour and 20 minutes, mate. I know I wouldn't be able to do that on the website. Do we think we should maybe be fixing that? You know, if they know the website is shit, mm. I, I just, it's very, very frustrating because everything's going so well on the pitch. Loads of people want to come and see QPR. um You know, we were loyal in the lockdown. We bought all the streams. We bought the shirts. We didn't take our refunds on our season ticket. And now we're getting treated like shit, basically. Um, and, you know, every question we ask them, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? the quest, The answer is the same. And the answer is right. The revenues that the club generates are not enough to sustain a championship football club. We need to grow our support to the point that Loftus Road is too small and then we need a new stadium and we need more support in there. They're meant to be trying to grow the support base. At the moment, the way we're being treated and the way they're pissing around with away tickets, the website, all of it, that's not even going to retain your current support, never mind growing it. I just, I'm perplexed. And like I say, I can only think that there must be staffing and logistics must be a nightmare at the moment. That's the only thing I can think, because it's just not good enough. Sorry, Mm. I was about 20 minutes there, my bad.
0: No, I think it sums up the whole situation perfectly. And and yeah, it is really frustrating. And obviously it's going to be... Everything points to it being a really positive season this year, which means people are going to want to go to games. They're going to be desperate to go to games. They're going to want to go to every single game, home and away, regardless. And... Attendances at home are going to be probably the best they've been in a very very long time, and you know we shouldn't be we shouldn't be creating a a system that that can't cope. When in reality, we're a football club that should be serving its local community uh, and fan base because we got a small fan base in reality, and we should be serving those people and not worrying about anything else. And that being the priority first get a system that works before you worry about anything else is actually sell people tickets in the first place because at the moment people aren't even be able to do that finney i don't know if you have anything else you want to add
1: well i just i just i think clive summed it up i think he might have um to be fair underplayed it because i know how angry he is from readers messages and stuff like that it's just frustrating because at the end of the day you know you sign up for your season ticket you sign up for your points and this that the other you make sure you get the tickets loyalty points and then all of a sudden some people even buy the upgrade and then all of a sudden any tom dick or harriet can just go on the website buy tickets and they will turn up on ebay on whatever and they will be sold for more face value money blah 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 and people aren't being rewarded it's it's a real shame i feel sorry for the box office staff because they're going to be getting a lot of grief for this and i wouldn't have thought they'd have a lot of say on this i see the club have apologized and said they've made a mistake yeah do you want me to
2: do you want me to read this they've just oh, put yeah, sta- okay. they've just put a statement yeah yeah read it read we... it out clive uh i haven't read this myself um it's not Don't that worry. long it's not that long compared to my rambling <laughs> nonsense um on wednesday the club released ticket details for blah 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 reading september 11th uh based on previous sales figures for this fixture uh these tickets were immediately placed on general sale and sold out this was a mistake, and the club uh, would like to apologise to supporters who were unable to acquire tickets for this game. Um, we have contacted Reading to request an additional allocation; they've turned that down. That that is the away allocation at Reading now, because in their wisdom, um, this isn't part of the statement. By the way, I'm going. To <laughs> <laughs>
0: in and Lee Hughes w- has added, in their yeah, wisdom, in a, in
2: a, a, to add some commentary. In their wisdom, <laughs> Reading have uh, decided to put a singing section next to the away end. Um, when there's 16,000 empty seats that they could have put that in around the rest of the stadium. So they now cannot sell more away tickets, even if they want to, which for a club with 204% wages to turnover and a transfer embargo just boggles the mind. But anyway, back to the statement. <laughs> CEO Lee who said, we're hugely sorry to all our fans who follow us home and away and have been able to get tickets a game. We completely underestimated the level of feel-good factor that currently exists amongst the fans, which has increased the for tickets. And for that, I apologise. All away match tickets will now be sold with an initial loyalty points window to ensure this situation does not happen again. So they have at least coughed to it, um, which with Fulham away and Peterborough away in the not-too-distant future is a good thing. But, I mean, get better intelligence, guys. If you're intelligent... So I, it, the world and his wife wants to go to bloody Reading next week. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just so naive to think we underestimated the feel-good factor... Us and Man City have the best records in across English football at the moment in terms of compa- like with last end of last season and this season. You know we've we've barely ever started a campaign this well. People not and not even in, including the stuff on the pitch, people are gagging to go and watch football. Even if we were losing eight nil every weekend, people will be gagging to go and watch football because they've been starved of it. People want to see each other, they want to experience football again, and they want to be there. So I think it's just so naive to not. Anticipate some kind of intensity of wanting to go. It's, ha-
2: it's half an hour down the road. It's it's half an hour down the road. It's cheap on the train. We're in good form. It's straight after international break. It's so people have been paid. You know, it's it's just so. It's but, so, but Clive,
1: it, is it a case? Do you think? And I'm asking this. And I'm being serious, not my normal jovial self. Is it a case? There's nothing in in it for Rangers on away tickets. So it was just a case of, still, so what? Release them, see what happens, and you know don't that, worry about that.
2: Finny that comes back to my point about mm. you know the supporters we've got and the season ticket holders we've got have stood by this club over the last two years the vast majority of people didn't take refunds and you know that's no, why I'm ang- that's why I'm angry I got my Reading tickets like I'm going to Reading I'm going to Bournemouth because you know my job is to sit at home on a computer and to write about QPR most of the time so I saw that the tickets went on sale and I'm also able luckily to spend an hour and 20 minutes on the tube going to the box office when I realise the website isn't going to work. So I'm lucky, but I'm still angry that so many people who didn't take their refunds and have been going, you know, faces that you've seen at away games for 25, 30 years are not going to be at Reading on Saturday through a cock-up that is easily avoided and is part of, like I say, a litany of problems that have happened since we've come back. They've had 18 months to prepare for the return of fans. They should be absolutely gagging to get us back in there and milk us for as much revenue as we can give them. And we're desperate to give them money. And yet like, trying to give them it is impossible. It's, I just, I can't get over it's, how stupid it is. That's to, be the, honest, that's
1: the, to be honest, I was in the van doing me fan thing, as you do. As you know, Clive, because I've passed you a few times and hooted me
2: horn when you've been joking. It's terrifying. I really <laughs> wish you wouldn't do that.
1: Especially with that whiff restriction I said afterwards. Oh, if I threw a we wave it to someone. Anyway, <laughs> but the... um. Yeah, it, it's, it's I wouldn't have got a ticket except Cindy was online. She got the tickets from me and Alan. We wouldn't have had a chance otherwise because we, we were at work. We we're ahead of time. Whereas if we had known they were going on sale, as Clive says, Wednesday the 11 o'clock? At least you've got half a chance to be disappointed because you know the website isn't going to work.
2: What the statement doesn't address is why are a It's tickets going on sale this late? I presume it's because in case there's a COVID postponement, but they haven't said that. And also, why are they not telling us? Why is there this big cloak and dagger mystery about when they're going on sale? Why, when you ask in the box office on Wednesday morning, when are the reading tickets going on sale? Why are they being told? Because they won't be doing it of their own free will. Why are they say? Why are they going? Ooh, maybe later this week, and then two hours, two hours later, they're on set. Like, I, I don't get that either. Why are you doing that? Why, why? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean,
1: maybe the tickets just came down the line as they do electronically or dropped off by the courier. They just put them straight on um, the website and off they went. I mean, it's just just things... Like like I say,
2: I went to the box office on Wednesday afternoon, like an hour after that thing came on the website and got nine paper reading tickets. So they didn't, you know, they didn't come down the email. Maybe,
0: maybe, I mean... Mm. Maybe it's an internal or furlough situation where someone pressed the big red button who shouldn't be pressing big red buttons, and then all oh, no, like it was too that. late. It was too late to retract to like retract it basically, and they'd all gone. Um, it's just. So I so think at people- least, at least though, we can hope that you know they've acknowledged that they messed up, and they will now hopefully rectify that. I think the things that we probably can be less hopeful about is the tech technical side of things, because I think when you're knee deep in it contracts with suppliers, it is, I think it's hard to get out of them and start again in the middle of a season. So I think we can be maybe less hopeful about that. Um, But at least things like loyalty points, timelines of releasing tickets that might improve as the season goes on the
2: the, the tech side on the ticket side will not improve in the short medium or long term while the club remains in a relationship with Ticketmaster
0: Ticketmaster
2: Ticketmaster is a company that exists for one thing that it is terrible at this has been the case for 25 years it is a ticket distribution company that cannot distribute tickets and while the club relies on it for its uh, the platform that sells tickets and the phone line when the box office is closed and whatever, while Ticketmaster are involved with QPR, the improvements will only go so far. It will always fundamentally be a Ticketmaster system and therefore it will always fundamentally be shit. And you think
0: you paid
1: right. your £3.50 hard-earned cash to a bunch of EG's that won't get your tickets in the first place. Hey-ho.
0: Yeah. Let's not talk about booking fees. Um, right. Let's, let's, um, let's wrap this one up. Um, I don't know if anyone has any ER's end that's not about tickets.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to, I was going to, I was actually going to do Derby for mine. Um, just because they've had another FA charge added today. Um, oh really?
1: I missed this. Go on. Uh, a
2: fifth FA charge of failing to, basically failing to pay for players. Their backdated uh, installments on players haven't been paid. Uh, so they now owe other clubs, probably in our league, money. Um looking forward to the long and tedious exchange of emails between them and the AFL about what punishment Derby do feel would be appropriate. Cause the, the story that made me howl last week was the league wants to deduct Derby nine points, uh, but Derby don't agree. Well, it's like, what kind of competition are we playing in here? So looking forward to that, but actually because we've had a big sort of ranty moan for the last 15 minutes, we should probably try and finish on, on a positive because overwhelmingly um, it is positive at the minute. The team looks great. I can't tell you how much fun Middlesbrough away was watching us play like that. Even when we went down to 10 men to keep playing and keep attacking, won us that game, because obviously Middlesbrough expects us to just sit in there. No, we're going to keep going at you. Chris Willett looks so good. You know, he could be he could be the next SA playing in that position, just growing every game. So I, d- I do want to finish on a positive, you know, Don Ball is <laughs> not my not my favourite, and I think has been inconsistent, but came on and was great against Barnsley. Um, so, yeah, rather than finish on a ranty moan, I think it is important to real, you know, after many, many years of struggle and watching a crap team and crap football and saying, well, you know, we've got to take our medicine. We've got to go through this rebuild. It does. It is so nice to be watching QPR again in the stadiums and for them to be as good as they are.
0: <laughs> little little, little
1: trivia fact here. Dumball qualifies to play for Northern Ireland but he's turned this down in the hope that he can play for England
2: <laughs> oh he nearly got through the whole thing with that more than <laughs> I, I
1: didn't I didn't mention no gluten free when you mentioned catering although I haven't I won't spend a penny at Rangers because there's nothing for me to buy hey ho um but, yeah, I think I think my eyes end It was nice to see Coventry back at Rangers. I mean, they've had a... You took our morning by ticket and everything else, brings in reality, they've had no flipping ground to go to for a few seasons and they've been sent to Northampton, sent to Burnham, sent here, sent there. I have a, the awful owners. Um, and it was nice to see them back in, in full voice um, at Rangers. And it was a, it was a... I thought it was a fine game as well. I think all the games have been to, Millsborough, like Clive said, away was just brilliant. The, the full-on attack and the never-say-die attitude was just absolutely outstanding Um, and long may that continue and um, it goes into next week I don't know if we're going to do a podcast next week so there's probably no point in doing um, uh, predictions or anything out there but I'm just I'm happy the ticket situation is unfortunate I just feel sorry for everyone that's not going to go there but hopefully Reading and Rangers can get together because you're going to have a lot of away fans in the home end and that's not going to help anyone so Reading should hopefully as somewhere in the ground find some room for some QPR fans because otherwise it's not going to end well
0: So there you go um, I think we did press record, unfortunately, for listeners. No, fortunately. Um, oh, but... come on,
1: Flo. It's been, it's been brilliant. <laughs> Clive's rant is one of
2: the best rants.
0: No, Clive's rant heard of was this perfect. podcast. Um... Well, if, you're, if
2: you are going to invite me on, there's going to be ranting. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: no, so, I think, to be honest with you, you're buying on. And, and and the whole thing about this podcast is that people say we don't criticise a club enough or two, you know, this, that, and the
2: other. But we do. And, and I think it's, it's worthy. And the club have reacted, but it
1: shouldn't happen in the first
2: place. Hey, ho. I'm actually I'm actually interviewing Lee, who's next week. That's going to be fascinating. There
0: you go. <laughs> the top of the agenda. IT, Ticketmaster, loyalty points. There's a lot there to get through. Water pressure, fox shit. Booking
1: fees. So many bullet <laughs> points.
0: Uh, right, we'll see you. Get rid you... of
1: Ticketmaster, get rid of Booking Feast, improve catering and turn the ground up Happy days. Carry on, what?
0: See you all next week, team. Um, I'm sure Chris Charles will be back from his recording suspension and hopefully he'll be pressing go this time. See them.